Good morning and welcome to the United Pentecostal Church of Paris on this rainy morning. Who is happy to be in the house of God this morning? Amen. I'm excited. And we have some announcements really quick we wanted to let you know about. Uh, So the month, it is October, so this is Pastor Appreciation Month. Who appreciates our pastor? If you have walked in on this entrance, you have probably seen there is a mailbox that's set up in the foyer by the greeter table. It's going to be here every Sunday before service, so if you can put all of your cards, your love offerings, uh, whatever you want to, to show your gratitude to our pastor and the first lady, um, we would appreciate it. They would appreciate it even more. And so we will present it to Pastor and Sister Meyer on the 30th, so uh, make sure you get that in before the 30th, so you've got a few weeks before that. We also have our care group luncheons coming up. Who's been enjoying our care group luncheons? Yes. And if you haven't got to enjoy it yet, your time is coming. Today is care group number three. That is Sister Joanne Bolton's. And so if you were in her care group, y'all are having your lunch over there. It's going to be great. Oh, yeah. And then the 23rd, the care group number one is going to be Sister Lisa Calicoats. And the care group leader will be getting with you to let you know what you need to bring, what is involved, everything like that. And so that is going to be a great time. We always enjoy fellowshipping with the church, fellowshipping with the fellow body of Christ. And so this is a great opportunity to kind of get, if you haven't gone to a care group luncheon yet, make sure you go to your care group luncheon. It gives you an opportunity to talk to people maybe you haven't gotten to talk to yet. And so it's a great time to do that. And we also have on the 29th Fall Festival. Here at the church, this is going to be a blast. These are always a great experience, a great turnout. And so we want you to be involved if you want to be involved. We have a sign-up sheet in the foyer for you to sign up and volunteer to be a part of any of the booths that we have. And they're, they kind of have already on there what the booth is. So you don't have to try to come up with something. It's already kind of labeled out there for you. So you could find something that you might think sounds interesting. Write your name on there and we can get you involved. And we also need candy donations, though, for this. So if you find candy, usually those big bags, the assorted with the little party size, I think it's what it's called. Find as much candy as you can. Bring it to the church. We need candy donations for this fall festival. And also our Branson trip, if you're needing to get your money turned in for that, it is on push pay, so you can pay online for that. And also tonight is Youth Sunday. Finally. Youth Sunday, so we're excited. We're going to have service here at 6 p.m. tonight. You get to come support our young people's support, and it's going to be a great service. We always have a mighty move of God here on Youth Sunday, so I encourage everybody, even if if you're 12 or you're 112, we want you here, and it's going to be a great time. And so we could all stand up. We're going to move into a time of worship, into a time of praise. Father, I thank you for waking us up this morning. I thank you for what you have in store for us. And God, I give you glory today in Jesus' name. Oh! 
multiple times from Brother Seth and then from our pastor that we don't want a rock crying out for us. And I would hate for something that has no heartbeat, no spirit to cry in my place. Worship with us as we sing. me in the Standing with my hands held high The vow will never take my soul Find me in the desert Holding on to you for life The desert will never take my soul The desert will never take my song and I will praise you I will praise you I won't let the stones cry I won't let the stones cry oh, I will praise you something in me has to I won't let the stones cry Stones cry out. Find me with the promise. Dancing where you prophesy. Still shouting of everything you've done. High up on the mountain, I was made to testify. Oh, the Lord. 
stronger the pain, the stronger my faith grows. The higher the need, the higher I'll reach, the greater the cost, the more I'll Sister Bristow, Brother and Sister Proctor, Brother and Sister Billy Trinata, Chaplain Steve Gibbs, and please remember George and Mildred Pratt this morning, Tony Lane, Brother and Sister Dickey, and Amber Thomas. We want to take those Lord's, those names to the prayer in a few minutes. Somewhere in infinity, God gathered together a heavenly host and he made, spoke the angels into existence. Michael, the archangel, the protector. Gabriel, the minister. Lucifer, who was over all of the worship, the music, and the praise. He was spoke into existence. But somewhere due to his brilliance, his beauty, his arrogance, there was sin found in him. And an earth that God had created, the heavens and the earth, God cast Lucifer to the earth and all of his angels. God created man, made him from the dust of the earth. 
And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Something that Satan does not know. He doesn't have. But this morning, if you are full of the Holy Ghost, been baptized in Jesus' name, that special place within you, the soul, is full of the Holy Ghost this morning. It's something that Satan does not have as a soul. He can come to the blood. That's as far as he can go. But you and I this morning, we have the privilege to go through that blood because we are covered by that blood. That we can go right into the throne of grace this morning and let God lay his precious spirit upon us again. And I say to you this morning, isn't it great to know a God that takes care of his own, that gives them his name, his wonderful, precious name? I ask you this morning, as we start to worship and pray over these people's name, if you have a need of any kind, if you'll come forward, the ministers will pray a prayer of faith over you in Jesus' name. Let's worship the Lord. Praise God. Oh God, my God, I need you. Oh God, my God, I need you now. How I need you. I'm standing on your faithfulness, on your faithfulness, oh, oh God, my God, I need you, oh God, my God, I need you now, how I need you now, oh rock of ages, oh rock, oh rock of I'm standing on your faithfulness, on your faithfulness. Oh God, oh God, my God, I need you. Oh God, my God, I need you. How I need you, how I need you. 
Let's just linger in this for a few more moments, church. presence there's no other place that can even really compare to the house of God the spirit that is here today is a sweet one and a sincere one and I believe someone can get a a blessing today if it be your intentions while we were just singing the song, the word intention struck a chord with me. Because one of the greatest lessons that I've ever learned from a, from a coach was a life lesson. And he said, Sterling, he said, this doesn't just apply in sports. He says, but this applies in your life. He says, live intentionally. And as you begin to ponder on the word intentionally and you think of your intentions, you really have to check yourself and you really have to check your heart, especially when entering into the house of God. I found myself in practice just singing the words of this song, I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. And as that word intention struck and just rang in my head, I thought, God, am I actually waiting on you though? Or am I too concerned with it myself that I say, I I can't let go of that? Am I too obsessed with the situation? Am I too close to the situation where I say, No, no, God, you don't understand. I I can't let go of that. I I can't wait on you on that one. And so I have to check my intentions as I sang that song. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. And as this day, there's, there's no longer things that we can hang on to anymore, church. There's no longer situations where we can say, God, you can have this but not this part of that. Because you see, if I do that, I'm too vulnerable. Because God, if I, if I give you that, then I, I don't have any control. He's like, exactly. Because I see you and you're just a David. You're just a David. You may be the youngest of your brothers. You may not be the most qualified in the eyes of the world. But that's where I move. And that's where I say, God, a a sling and some stones? I can't give you that. God, I I need this armor. He's like, no, that's where I move. 
So be intentional with how you enter into the house of God. Be intentional with how you live your life. And don't be afraid to say, God, I'm living for you. I don't have control of this, but here you go. Don't be afraid to wait on that. Don't be afraid to spend the night in the lion's den saying, God, I don't have any control in this situation. Don't be afraid to step up to Goliath and say, God, you've provided this. I don't know how to, I don't know how to rock with it, but God, I'm going I'm to assume you're going to provide again. And in each and every one of these stories, he does. In each and every one of these stories, he came through again and again and again. He's the God of again. He's the God of rewarding faithfulness. He's the God of rewarding intentionality. At this time, we'll have the ushers come. Jesus, touch this offering here today, God. I pray that you would bless each and every one of these people, Lord. According to your will, God, and it may not match up with our circumstances and with our life and what we want. But God, here we are saying, here it is. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to live intentionally for you in the waiting, God. Jesus, I plead your great name. And I plead your blood over each and every one of these people here today. And over this offering. In Jesus' name, amen.
the new social media that's they do these weird dances I can't do them I would if I could but but a a bit of my heart broke if I'm being just 100% honest with you and I sort of had to check out early because I couldn't stand to see it anymore because I'm sitting here and I'm thinking and I'm like how, how God how how can it be so dedicated how can a generation be so dedicated to things of this world when it's meaningless and this was a Christian song y'all I mean 
but it goes back to the intentions behind it. And I'm like, why, why can't we do this in church? Why, why, why aren't we doing this in church? Why, why am I not doing a, a better job of spreading this gospel? But then, it's real negative thinking, right? But then this, this bit of revelation came to me and he said, Sterling, you see, you see how moved you are by that? because in their dances there's power in their praises there's power in this generation and that entitles the oldest as well you still have a part to play there's still power in the praises whether or not it may be for the Lord right now is a different circumstance but the fact that I was just easily moved by them dancing to a Christian song and it wasn't necessarily in the right intentions he said but just keep on that you see, because now it's a Christian song that they're doing dance moves to. Whoa, 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 whoa. What, what do you mean, God? He said, well, you, well, you see, I, I've been working on that. You see, because at first it was secular music that they were doing the dance moves to. And now without them even knowing, they're giving me praises. Because the, songs, the song even mentions Holy Spirit. And so he said, so Sterling, you're moved by that, and that's great. But they're still on their way. But things are still changing. He said, and I'm still moving. He said, don't you worry about that situation. It's going to happen. How is it easy for me to say, wait? It's not. I've been waiting on a father to come back through these doors for a minute now. I've been waiting on some friends to come back to these doors for a minute now. I've been waiting for some things to really break in my life for a minute now. It's not easy for me to say, wait. It's not easy for me to see the generation that I'm supposed to be a part of falling. But he said, I'm still working. He said, I'm still moving. And he says, just like the song, everything's still changing. Mountains are still moving, but you think you're just going to see a whole mountain move a mile in just a second like that? Bit by bit, piece by piece. Step by step, we press towards the mark of the high calling of God. It's not just going to happen overnight. It's not going to be something that we just say and we want to see and it's going to come to fruition. It's going to come through hard work and through intentionality and through dedication and saying, God, I don't understand, but I'm waiting through the storm. And it doesn't make sense, but I'm going to wait through the storm. And I'm seeing loved ones around me fall, but I'm going to wait through it still. Because God, we are declaring that your kingdom is here. And it's not in this church building. And it's not in this world. But it's in each and every one of us when we walk through our congregation. And when we walk through our communities. And when we walk through our workplaces. That's where the kingdom is being held. That's where the kingdom is moving. That's where the mountains are changing. That's where the changes are taking place. God, we declare your kingdom is here. And everyone will see. Fall down at your feet. God, we declare your kingdom is here. Oh
just how great he is, how great he is. He's still moving, he's still proving just how great he is, how great he is. He's still moving. God bless you as you're seated today. What a thrill it is to be together. The Bible said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there shall I be in the midst of them. And today, there are many scores of people that are gathered here. And you can be sure that the angels of God are carefully ministering to the diversity of each one of us. Similar words are often filled with buried spirits. Well, yeah, I love you. Well, that don't mean too much when it's that vain. But when there is a life that backs that up, then it means everything to hear somebody say, I love you. And so we're being characterized in this world by many people. The Bible says this many deceivers shall come in the last days. And what he's saying is they will quote scripture, but they don't live it. They can quote about peace, but they don't have it. They can quote the idea, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And then you watch them, and they don't have it. He said, let me tell you, these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So the writer said, Lord, teach me to wait. Because they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So the connection is extremely important. And so, again, uh, for those of you that may not have heard this, and for those of you that may not remember it, 1 Corinthians 13 Paul challenges the tongue-speaking people first. 
And he said, though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels and have not charity for my neighbor and charity for the people I work with, if I don't have that, my tongue speaking is vain. Secondly, he challenges the people that went to college. He said, though I understand all mysteries and have all knowledge so that I could move mountains and I have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. I may help somebody else, but I haven't helped myself until I facilitate truth in my heart, my mind, my hands, and how I live. That is why he said that holiness, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. That means purity. And, of course, the third group is the charitable institutions. I, I found it very interesting some years ago that First Corinthians 13, the first three verses espouse all what we would call Christian Christian-type events and things. Now, God will never stop blessing the giver. I can tell you if you give to Procter & Gamble, they'll give you a new product. And then when you give to them again, they'll give you another new product. And maybe you found that to be true. They'll change at least the colors on the box. You may still get the same post toasties or raisin bran or frosted flakes or whatever. But I'm telling you, give and it shall be given is a principle that God established. But that doesn't mean that you're going to heaven because of that. He said, cleanse your heart and be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which is in Christ Jesus. And so... It's critical that we understand from the foundation of the earth, God created all things. By him were all things created, and nothing was created that was not created by him. So he said, I created evil, and I created good. And the reason is simple. He shares it with us. I'm not going to make you go back to my heaven. You're going to have a choice. And as I've told you before, Luke 16 tells you the choice of going to hell. You can live there. You can still pray. That's crazy. You can still get response from heaven. When you read Luke 16 and you read about the rich man in hell who lift up his eyes and he called on Father Abraham and Abraham answered him, he's long gone, folks. If you believe this book, which we ought to, we can find the rest of our future in the bloodline of the name of Jesus. All power in heaven and in earth are given to one name, that the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Christ alone is Lord of the universe and the forever that we're looking for. And that's why we study to show ourselves approved. So when we look in the mirror or we reflect on last week, we understand that we have sown seed that is going to grow up in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And that's why this lesson today, I'm trying to give you a little introduction to this 
phenomenal lesson that God has provided for us. So look at your neighbor and tell them, say, let's go. God bless you today. It's a thrill to be here with you and to share with you the great love of God in Christ Jesus. <coughs> Somebody say a new heaven and a new earth. Now, believing in God leads us to believe there is a life way beyond the graveyard. Now, what we understand is you may have had some family member die 30 years ago, but you can almost still hear their voice. You can still remember some of the things they said. That lets you in on a secret. They're not dead. Their body has terminated, but their voice is still alive. His voice still lives. We know that he was only here 33 and a half years, but we also know that the word of the Lord is a sure foundation. And those that claim the word of the Lord begin to live in the Lord and begin to walk in the word. And the life of Jesus is revealed through us walking in truth. That's huge. That's so much bigger than John in a local assembly. You can join any local assembly as long as you help support it financially. They'll tell you anything you want to hear across the length and breadth of this world. They'll tell you you're saved right up front if you come down and shake the preacher's hand. Or if you say, I love the Lord, they'll tell you that you're saved. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to study the book to find out who's lying and who's not. I've heard people tell people in some of our churches, you got the Holy Ghost, now you're saved. That's not what the book said. It says you shall receive power. That power will reveal to you, here's how it works. I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus said. I am going away, but I will send you the comforter, and the comforter will move inside of you, and while I can't be with you physically, you're going to have me spiritually helping to turn lights on on the Word. So the Word of the Lord is a path. The way of the Lord is a path. And the spirit to walk that path is the spirit of the Lord, the king, authority and glory and victory and and ability to fight the fight of faith. not coming to you with enticing words. I'm not here to tickle your ears. I'm here to push a wall over and let you see that God's got more for you than you've ever dreamed of. I don't care how long you've been a part of this assembly. I'm telling you there's more. There's greater. There's fine, fine. There's limit, unlimited powers that are divine, designed for the people that love him with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's not enough to talk in tongues. That's why I told you he addressed the tongue talkers first. Now, he said, these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall speak with new tongues. That's just a sign you were born again. But to not live in that spirit is to just have had an experience. I had an experience with steak years ago, but I keep eating it.
I keep eating bananas. I started eating those when I could barely have three teeth. Ladies and gentlemen, a new heaven and a new earth. If you're growing in grace, which grace is a teacher. For those of you that don't understand, what happens is Satan spoke a little bit of truth in the Garden of Eden. But he spoke other statements that led them astray. You are saved by grace. But listen to what the Bible says. The grace of God teaches us. The grace of God teaches us that denying ungodliness and fleshy lust, we should depart from sin. That's what grace does. Teaches us how to live. And here's what the Bible tells us, that grace came by the word of the Lord. So, ladies and gentlemen, a new heaven and a new earth in which we will rule and reign with him, we, his children, should be desirous of the opportunity to study and become him. I can tell you, any boys in here a football player? Anybody in here ever play football? Sir, would you stand? Name, rank, and serial number, please. Only the military knows that statement. Would you tell us what position you played? Tied in. I could see that. And uh, did you have any heroes? Men that you watched that, that succeeded in uh, playing tight end. And uh, did you decide that since you were a tight end, you'd be every bit as good as them, or did you have to practice to become as good as them? And the coach made you practice how many times a week? There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, we are smarter than what we act like way too many times. We say, I want to be like Jesus. And then we fail to practice the principles that make us Jesus. Catch it. In the beginning was the Word. (laughs) The Word was with God. The Word was God. And watch this part of it. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us so we could see the activity of the Word in a fleshy body like we're going to live or like we are living in. And so we activate the truth by the spirit of truth and thus we can conquer demons, devils, and powers that come against us and make us feel like we're not important, we're not great, we're not wonderful, we're not thrilled, and we are just faking it. I'm here to tell you that you can't fake Jesus. He came he lived he died he rose again and he's about to come back and that's why I'm here to preach and teach to us you can come to be part of his body so this is man's concoction of what heaven is like this is what man has come up with if man can believe and draw a picture as significant as that, 
That's representing the holy city. These two angels, I'm, I'm assuming that they are the ones that stand by the throne. But let me say this to you. If man can come up and design a picture like that, what in the world has God got designed for you? not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has entered the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them. If you believe in Jesus, you believe that scripture. You're going to find a lot of people saying, I believe in Jesus, but I don't believe that can happen. And I don't believe you can have that kind of power. And I don't believe you can overcome sin. And I don't believe you can overcome all this other junk. I'm here to tell you all things are possible to them that believe. That's how you check out whether you're really believing in Jesus or if you have just perceived this idea that because I said I live for him now and then you still live after the flesh, you're going to get what flesh can offer and not what the God of heaven can offer. God's going to offer you an exit out of the graveyard that will give you a new body that will never, never, never have another migraine and never, never, never have another weakness and you're going to rule and reign with him forever. Whatever sacrifice you have to make and crucify the flesh and the lust thereof and whatever sacrifice you have to to, to, to do in, in fasting and prayer to move the word of God into your mind and your heart and your hands and your feet so your marriage can get greater and so your child-parent relationship gets greater and your relationship with the sinners gets greater and your relationship with the whole world gets greater and all of a sudden the spiritual economy begins to rise and great peace begins to flood our jobs. I really get marvel at people that, uh, you know, the... Well, we can't make any noise at church. And then they go shout and scream over some whoremonger playing football. Baseball. Come on, folks. It's time for us to awaken. Our kids are worth more than this. Our neighbors are worth more than that kind of thing. We're not here to show up at the house of God. We're here to eat the bread of life so we can show up out there in the dark world so that the light gets turned on. There's more. There's a whole lot more. There's greater. There's a whole lot greater. There's wonderful. There's a whole lot more wonderful that's awaiting for the people of God that love him with heart, soul, mind, and strength. I just like to go to a church that's quiet and everybody tells you you're saved no matter if you cuss, lie, cheat. You, all you did, you signed up for a ticket and now nothing can stop you from going to a holy city. Then why do we have so much Bible? You think he just wrote this to satisfy himself? No. You think you've got all those cells in your bloodstream just so you could live like you wanted to live and just sign up for a flight out to heaven? No, friend. He said, follow me. Paul said, follow me as I follow him. You can't follow unless you're keeping your eyes on him. I hath not seen, ear hath not heard, the things that God hath prepared for them that what? 
It is the demons of hell that would cause your mind to be distorted on what love is. Somebody read First St. John 3.16 to me. If you want to know the definition of love, it's St. John 3.16. Does anybody have a Bible or a memory? Did I get you started? Wait, slow down. Y'all think you're going out to PE here in a minute. Have you got it, sister? Well, no, no, stand up here so the people in cheap seats can hear it. I'll keep going. Wait, wait, just slow down now. See, that's what we do real quick. God so loved that he what? Do you see that as a definitive? Okay, go ahead, read on it. That he gave the only flesh body that he ever had. You read that book, God is a Spirit. You read that book. In Jesus Christ dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's not two people. God, when you see the word Father or God, you're talking about the source of all creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, the Spirit created everything that was created, and there was not anything created that was not created by Him and for Him. Those are huge things. God is a spirit. He says it in the book. God is a spirit. And God created everything. And thus, he made the cherry tree produce cherries. And guess what? A cherry tree don't produce bananas. And a child of God don't produce sinful living. He created all things, and by him were all things created, and there was not anything created that was not created by him. So when you see the word Father, you see the word Source. My heavenly Source. God sourced everything, and then he sourced man out of dust, and then out of the first creation... He created the second, and that's woe man. Woe man. You better woe men. I don't believe in boring church. I believe in growing. I don't eat so I can just satisfy yesterday. I satisfy my tomorrow by eating. Eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither hath entered the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. Love. Again, right straight out of the book. God so loved the world that he, his only fleshy body, his only begotten son, the begotten son was one that was created straight out of the dirt of the ground. He formed man out of the dust of the earth. And that first Adam failed. He sinned. 
Sin is simply separation from God, the source. So your heavenly father knows what you have need of before he asks, before you ask. Now, uh, anybody got a cell phone in the house? Probably nobody here today, but maybe everybody. Have you ever had anything come up on your cell phone that you looked up in uh on search engine and and, and you was looking for an uh, apple pie did you ever get anything come up about how many apple pies there are in Paris or in the world Uh, where all the places you could find them Applebee's and and, uh, all the other places Uh, you think that this world is smarter than the God that created us and you, you type in on Google and you look for a, a good place to vacation. And the first thing you know, you get 10 elements from on your phone. Uh, Orlando is a good place to celebrate. Uh, or Spain is a good place. And the first thing you know, the airlines are following you. And the first thing you know, these people that have got all kind of discounts are following you. Am I the only one that gets that stuff? How do you think that happens? They're monitoring you while you're sitting in this room. They are monitoring your phone. They monitor what you do. Now, if the world, the Bible said the children of this generation are wiser in their day than the children of light. But let's look at it. Let's be honest with ourselves. This is no time to fake yourself out. This is a time to learn the play and learn the routine and learn how to live so that you can have one of the most joyful and glorious experiences in life and you can climb mountains and you can overcome failure and you can overcome every adversarial attack that's trying to rob you of your house, your mind, your heart, your home. I'm here to tell you it's time to clean up America with the blood of the Lamb. It's time to clean up America with the word of God. The word of the Lord is a strong tower. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts this way and it cuts that way. It gets rid of carnality on every level. So that you become that spiritual being that Adam and Eve were in the beginning. Their sin is what messed you up. Now we're born in sin, shaping in iniquity. You have a choice. So it's not like you don't have a choice. There's one side that's just, it's torment here and it's torment forever. And that's what we call hell. Over here on the right side is the phenomenon to rule and reign forever. You've been wanting to be in charge. Just hadn't been able to prove that to your wife. And you all been wanting to be in charge, and you just can't prove it to your husband. I'm going to leave you out. We don't play games with that stuff here. 
Fussing and fighting and divorces and all of that is happening because they do not understand what it's like and their place in life. I'm here to tell you that women are every bit as important as men, but they furnish a different role than men. And the men can't become a woman and the woman become a man and satisfy the God that created them, male and female. It is totally impossible for us to please God and turn around and rewrite the script. Before I get any further, you can be saved out of anything. But you're not saved in the middle of it. He said, if any man wants to do it, by faith you repent of your past. That means turn your back on it, and then you are baptized in his name. That means covered by the blood and given authority by the resurrected Messiah. This is huge stuff. And so, but your choice, God's not going to make you go to heaven. And he's not going to make you go to hell. That's your choice. You're caught up between. And you are a little God with a big life and the future that you choose. That's why he said, choose you this day whom you will serve. Choose you this day. You got this one over here and you got this one over here. I'm never going to be unfair to you. I'm going to give you the choice and I'm going to get you a preacher that will preach to you the truth and that truth will make you free from the law in which you were born and sin and death and you can come out and separate yourself from a world that's on the way to hell living in hell, living in a home that's filled with lies cheating and all the other junk ladies and gentlemen it's time for us to climb up into the realm of almighty God and say I will serve the Lord with all of my heart, with all of my head, with my hands, with my feet. That's what good football players do. That's what good baseball players do. That's what good basketball players do. So he says to us exercise yourself unto godliness. In there. If you've got a Bible in your anywhere in your world, I don't care if it's a motel stand in Motel Six. You've had a chance. God's gonna make sure everybody on this earth has a chance to hear. So being born again is being born again. It's not somebody telling you because you said this or said that that you're born again. No, no, no. Born again is being born again. You were born earthly and you've already confessed it. Nobody had to teach you how to lie because you were born in sin. So being born again, according to John 3, one through seven, and we're going to come there. I'm going to, I've got it on the screen for you in a minute. But I want you to understand it. That if Mary, Mary 
the mother of Jesus could by the Spirit conceive and birth a baby that you celebrate the 25th of December every year? Don't tell me the world hadn't heard about it. Mary, a virgin, birthed a baby. Now, if by the Spirit a baby came into existence and it had to have a new bloodline because it was the second Adam. The first Adam fouls up the first bloodline and everybody born after that was born in sin, shaping in iniquity according to Isaiah. I'm telling you, you didn't have a choice. You came out knowing how to lie. I mean, when you was three years old, you told your mother you'd already eaten. You already told your mama you'd already went to the bathroom and the first thing you know, she checks your diaper and you just went then. It's inherent. Lying and cheating and committing fornication and adultery. It's in everybody. But we can help change the world by understanding. Know the Lord. They that know the Lord shall be strong and do exploits. And God is trying to raise up somebody in this house today that will get a backbone and get an understanding that we can help America and we can help our social system. We're not here to go to church. We're here to come to the house of education and spiritual development so we can move mountains, mountains of doubt, mountains of fear, mountains of inhibition, mountains, mountains, mountains. We are going to help people. We're not here to show how great it is to be a Christian. We're here to show others what the Christian life can do for anybody. So, somebody say all things become new. Unlike the world that you were born in. Born in sin, shaping in iniquity. So, you become a new creation. And it's in your Bible. I didn't take the time, but I'm trying to show you your choice. You got it on the left? A lake of fire that burneth forever. On the right, the Bible says we'll rule and reign with him forever. So, no man can serve two masters. He will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And God takes it very real. Worship the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's enough. You proved it. Stay there. Now you worship the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Bless God, I say. That's the way some preachers are. I'm trying not to be that guy. I told him to be still, so y'all don't hold it against him. (laughs) If God, in his word, said, worship the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, 
I wish church would get over so we'd go watch ball. I'm not against watching ball. I plan to watch some right away. Not against that. I'm against putting that over him. I'm against worshiping a human. I don't care how good, how much money he makes at your expense. People hate to give their tithes and they'll give $60 for a ticket to go watch a ball game. If, if, where's your cell phone? If they can monitor what you bought at the store last week and try to sell it to you next week, don't be fooled. They're monitoring you. And if you think they can monitor you better than the angels, you have really lost touch with the invisible world where God dominates every tree, every storm, every wind, every rain, every day sunshine, every moon, that sh- I mean every night that the moon shines. He keeps all of that. And he keeps it pretty organized. I don't know if you noticed how organized he is with that stuff. It's pretty much 24-7. Hello? And you think he's going to have a hard time organizing your marriage if you'll obey him? He said obedience is better than sacrifice. You can give her $100, but if you'll obey her needs, you'll get more than 100 Hello? If you can meet his needs, you will find your partner being glad to work hard. The bride and the groom. Let, let me fill you in something real quick here. I gotta get I gotta get this done because I want people to have a time to pray and talk to God about this stuff. But you see, the world's concept, the man is the head of the house. The Bible, let's go back further than that. God is the head of Christ. Christ is the head of the church, and man is the head of the woman, and the woman is the organizer of all the nasty underwear and stuff like that. You you, you see, we're studied to show ourselves approved. That's what the book says. Not to show to your neighbor how proved you are. To show yourself approved of God. A workman that need not be ashamed. Ashamed simply means incomplete, lacking, or naked. All three fit that. Okay? So you've got to understand that obedience is better than sacrifice. And as you obey the word, you become that much more part of that. God of glory because in the beginning was the word the word was with God the word was God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld the glory of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth God is a spirit the Bible says it clearly you don't have to try to think make him look like something else so God spirit is the head of Christ the flesh the second Adam starting a new bloodline the first Adam got 
corrupted the bloodline. But the second Adam, Jesus Christ the righteous, started a new bloodline. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. At the name of Jesus, every tongue shall confess. When you follow Jesus, you become part of a new bloodline. When you're born again of the water and the spirit and you're baptized in the name of Jesus, you become part of that new bloodline. It is not some fictitious thing. It is written in the word of God. It is the bread of life. It is the future of all that want to be in the redeemed. And I know how the devil works. Well, I, if you do it, that's going to make it look like you're going to pull that straight to hell. You can't keep your anchor out of hell, and you can't keep yourself out of hell. The God of glory is the source. The Father of life is the source of all life that's going to go into the holy city. You read that book of, 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 uh, uh, of Luke 16, and then you read in the book of Revelation and uh, you see it all. You're not trapped. You're not trapped. You say I was born in sin shaped in iniquity. I'm trapped. No, 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 no. All you got to do is look toward Jesus the author and finish of our faith. Obey his word by faith and watch your life change by faith. It is by faith that we are saved. The grace of God teaches us that denying ungodliness and fleshy lust, we should depart from sin. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, and grace taught him how to build a ship to the saving of his house. You don't have to go to college to learn what grace is. It's in the book. So Christ, the door, opens. Main thing I want you to see in verse 7. Then said Jesus unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, somebody say it good and loud, I am the door. Now, if he's lying there, the rest of his book has no real truth to it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the door. All that came before me are what? Thieves and robbers. The Pharisees wouldn't obey him. The Sadducees wouldn't obey him. None of those people that were walking in Old Testament stuff did not declare him God. Because he said, having found fault with the law because they could not live it, he came and put his blood. And he said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter, he shall be saved. And shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. That's why you love the story of David. And the bear came. And David was a good shepherd. He loved the sheep. And guess what? A little run of a guy destroyed the bear. That's what's going to happen in your life. 
the things that you think are going to conquer you are going to be conquered by the chief shepherd who has made you aware of the shepherd of the sheep. And then you are taught by the shepherd how to live life in the glory of the kingdom of the resurrected Messiah. And thus, you daddies, you husbands, the head of the house just simply means responsible party. God was responsible for Christ. Christ is responsible for us being here today. And the man, the head of the house, is responsible to make sure that they find the bread of life. And then the pastor fills in with all of that and says, look, headship means all everything. Because headship doesn't mean the boss. It means responsible. So you go to your head. No, don't sit down on me. No, humble yourself before the Lord and seek your chief shepherd. God, you know there's jealousy working in my home. God, you know there is lust working in my own body. I can't afford for my my family to get the contagion of COVID-19, I mean, uh, of, of, of convictions of lust and uh, convictions of lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye. I, I don't want to commit adultery. I don't want to commit fornication. I don't want to do anything that would separate me from the love of God. I got family over here. I got the church over here. I got people over here. You mean everything to this pastor. You mean everything to the husband. Husbands, love your wives. Be an honorable man. Show them that you love them. Now, wives, submit yourselves. A wife is not not under obligation to submit herself to somebody that's not submitted. Husbands, Submit yourselves, therefore, unto the Lord. Lean not to your own understanding. She needs the downflow of an exhibition. Greater things than these shall you do. Y'all are facing a crisis. I'm using them because they faced a crisis. This man stood up in the middle of that and he got in the presence of God and he began to exercise himself unto godliness and all of a sudden one day he walks in and his little queen bee suddenly looks at him and says, Jeremy, you're awesome! And all of a sudden their kids look at both of them and say my mom and dad are winners they're not failures the devil tried to stop it the devil did everything he could to threaten it but look at them today they followed the prescription you can have all kind of drugs in your laboratory but unless you follow the prescription you're not going to get the satisfaction the prescription is love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And as you prescribe, I take advantage of that prescription. You become strong in the Lord and in the power of his spirit. And the first thing you know, you're walking, as the Bible says in Luke 10, then you can trample over demons, scorpions, and all the powers of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. 
This parable spake Jesus, but they what? Understood not what things they were that spoke to them. The carnal mind is enmity with God. It's not subject to the law of the Lord. That's why I said you must be born again in John Musicians, would you come? Being born again is to become a partner with Jesus Christ. Marriage is not a legal operation of sexual intimacy. Marriage, ye are complete. If you understand the Hebrew at all, the nebesh negedno means my other half. Men are incomplete without a wife, and wives are incomplete without a man. That man is to stand in front of the enemy and exhibit as the head of the house, somebody say responsible party. That responsibility rests on that man to learn the word. And to learn how to function in the spirit. Pastors are obligated. If I take your 10%. I am obligated to give you his 90%. I am here today because Jesus loves you. I am well aware. I'm not the best preacher. I can't cook the best and I can't put it all together the best but I'm going to get you the seed that will turn your life into the victory you've been looking for. This altar's open as they sing. As we stand together and there may be some of you that have to leave. Don't you feel embarrassed here ever. It's your life. But I'm not going to have this opportunity missed. The altar is the place where you cast all your cares on Him. It's also the place of the credibility of His response to your sacrifice. The Bible says we're saved by renewing of the Holy Ghost. That's why we practice it regularly. Updating our computer is something normal. Updates. Updating our spiritual living. Our spiritual life is a very phenomenal part of being intimately in power with the structure of the spirit and of truth if you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus if you'll speak to one of our ushers men in red coats they will be glad to help you to find a way to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ what a God What an opportunity.
You've never been baptized. The water's ready. We have robes ready. Why don't you come down and pray with one or two of these people that are already here? Please feel free.